1: Welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're glad that you're joining us here today. And you are glad you're joining us because we have a dynamo, dynamo speaker today talking about how you can make your resume really stand out. And Claire, I know that some people are just hanging on the edge of their seats (laughs) waiting to hear because you have so much experience. So you say that you've reviewed more than 16,000 resumes as a recruiter. You went through five layoffs as a medical salesperson. And now you're an award-winning resume writer and personal brander, personal brand agency owner, mm-hmm. who helps medical sales professionals get into jobs. But you know, if you're not a medical sales professional, don't tune out because you're going to get some great insights from this for any kind of resume today. Claire, thank you so much for joining us.
2: What an incredible introduction. Thank you so much, Marie. I'm so grateful to be here. You know, I'm already one of your biggest fans and I love what you're doing with career thought leaders and everything else. So I'm truly honored to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So you were in medical sales and then you went through quite a few layoffs. Um, What I'm interested in is that we oftentimes think, you know, a salesperson would know how to sell themselves. Hmm. Have you seen that that's not necessarily the case?
2: (laughs) That's a great way to kick this off. Because that's exactly what I found. And um let me let me take you back for a minute, if I will. Um, and let's talk a little bit about what the day-to-day life is in terms of being a salesperson. And from my experience, like Marie shared, you know, my wheelhouse is really medical sales. The reason is because I came up in pharma recruiting and then I was in medical sales and diagnostics and oncology myself. And now I help people get. Back into that industry. So when I speak to sales and selling, I really want to emphasize that this is my niche. But Marie, you're right. Um, these strategies can apply to anybody. So keep that in mind when you listen to this kind of story. But, but a day in the life of somebody in medical sales starts with, okay, you get a new territory, and you have to grow business in that territory. So there are incredible numbers of variables involved. And the very first step that anybody will tell you in medical sales is that you got to get out there and start to research. And so When you do that, you do start to create the strategy that's necessary to figure out where are my customers and what am I going to sell them and what do they need in the first place? And so then you create your lead list and then you go out and you chat with as many customers as you can to really try to get to the root of what it is that they need in their Day to day, that's not being filled right now. And then, how can you connect the dots for them so that you can bring forward to them what will solve those challenges? Now, here's the deal most people in sales would probably say, once you learn and get comfortable selling one thing, you can sell just about anything. But if we think back to our story, when we're going out to find those clients and selling them or bringing them our solution, we're not starting with let me tell you everything i have in my bag of tricks and you should buy it today wham shut the briefcase and you know period right um what we do is we go out and we start a research campaign right we go and we ask the tough questions and we do the research so you would think that that would translate into getting our career momentum going as well but what i have found like you said that unfortunately it's not the case. And even people who are in sales struggle to sell themselves because if they approached a customer in the way of, hi, I'm amazing. These are all the things I've got. You should buy into me. They would close that OR door and send them on their way. So there's an absolute better way to do this. And I'm really excited to talk to you about it today.
1: Yes. And it's, it's so personal Right when we do the product, it's objective, we can think about who needs that and how can we align the solutions. But when it's me, it becomes this much harder conversation around how do you, um, you know, how do you position yourself? How do you figure that out? So, you talked a little bit about research. What are the types of research you help your job seekers do before they? ideally, <laughs> ideally before they start finishing up their resume?
2: Yeah. So, you know, there's a there are a couple different pieces of research that people should do while they're forming their resume. And also, even before they start to work on their resume, things that they should start to research before they create documents like that. Um, and what I mean is you've got to start researching that target. I was working with a gentleman the other day and he comes from real estate. And believe it or not, Marie, a ton of people come from real estate to go into medical sales, which is great. You know, they they they're not enjoying being tied to a desk, they love working with people and they generally like handling complex situations. So they tend to be a great fit and fast learners. So what I find is when people are trying to lead that career, that next career jump, they start with what they think the industry is about, and what they've seen advertised, and the big logos, and the Medtronics, and the Strikers, and the Johnson and Johnsons. But what happens with that is that we tend not to then do the research on what exactly is the lifestyle like over there at Striker, or what exactly am I responsible for if I'm going to be selling for AbbVie? So the research I'm talking about is to is kind of threefold. The first thing that you'll want to do is to hit plain old Google, right? Look online, find what you can about the company and read articles about what the company is all about and what they're trying to accomplish. The second thing is you're going to want to do a little bit of a deep dive on what your network has to offer you in terms of connections. To the industry. So now we're not just gathering kind of third-party information. Now we're doing a little bit more of a deep dive into, hey, do I know anybody in medical sales? Or do I know anybody who knows anybody in medical sales? And what can they tell me about the day in the life? And the last part is doing a little bit of soul searching. Because once you start to chip away at what the actual opportunities are like, and what the demand is for, say, a surgical OR job that has a lot of on-call time versus maybe a diagnostic job that requires you to fly through three states regularly, you'll kind of start to see, okay, this is starting to cross-reference what I want my career to look like and what it really is like, and then write your resume. And it's just like that analogy of looking at the way that we would put together a sales process. Because if we go out and assume we know what our customers want, and we assume we know what kind of challenges they're they're facing, then we might hit the mark. Because you and I both know what happens when we assume, right? And also, once we start doing that kind of deep dive research on these opportunities, they are going to also show us, are these the right fit? do I really want to be in imaging and radiology sales? Do I really want to be a distributor and work on behalf of my surgeon with multiple different products built just for them? So it's uh, that kind of research that can really, it, it takes longer in the front end, right? It's a little harder to do in the front end, but it helps the entire rest of the process go a lot more smoothly.
1: Well, yeah, and people just don't take the time to do that. And even when you've worked in an industry for a while, just to do that research and understand what's going on right now, because I mean, let's face it, things change so fast today yeah. that if you haven't gone out and done that research, whether it's talking to people or even just doing some of the online research, there's so many tools today that can help you do that even faster. I mean, yeah. you know, you can, you can go to Bard or Perplexity and ask it to do a SWOT on the company, and it'll pull from the SEC filings and everything that might be available out there and give you a really good place to start when you're going to go out and talk to people so you sound like you know what you're talking about and you have really good, thoughtful questions. And when you really get into the head of the person that's going to be hiring you, that makes your positioning so much more powerful. And I know that that's what you help people do, right? Is really come from that position of power
2: truly and you know i i feel very fortunate um to be able to do it for this specific niche and here's what i found was you know um i used to write for every specialty right i mean i wrote oil and gas resumes i used to write uh um entrepreneur resumes believe it or not which is a whole other podcast um i used to write for every industry under the sun attorneys government included right and then i looked at sort of the landscape of the results my clients were experiencing. And the resumes were solid and they were working. But what I found was the ones that were in my wheelhouse, those clients were getting fastest results. And the reason was it didn't stop at, here's your resume built for grabbing a job in diagnostic oncology, right? It's very specific what we do, but I noticed that also I had other resources for those people in particular. So when it came to those hard questions or knowing what a hiring manager is going to be worried about before a product launch in a pharma division, right? Um, I was better able to serve those people, um, one thing I have to mention that I absolutely love is what you taught me in the storytelling class. What And, and for everyone who's listening, I'm sure you know, Marie has this incredible swath and scope of um, certifications and courses you can take with her. I'm currently in the storytelling one, and it's phenomenal. Um, Deb did, Louise Kurzmark, Marie, like y- you're rocking my world right now. But what I would say is I really liked how you introduced... Leveraging AI to start building those questions or building those prompts to really uncover what hiring managers or whatever industry you're targeting who's hiring um, are really worried about. So that to me, I mean, among all the things that I'm learning in that class, that was one of my very favorite things were the prompts that you shared, because it's so important not to just do the company or the industry research, but to consider there's a human on the other end of this hiring process and they have challenges. They have a boss that they need to report to after hiring me and say, this person is going to help me achieve my number this year. It's a lot of skin in the game,
1: right? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what those elements are that you find people need on their resume. And you did a teaser in your in your <laughs> intro for the session that there's two words <laughs> that people need in their resume. So I can't wait to hear that. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts
1: Welcome back to The Career confidence and today we've been talking with Claire Davis about the world of resumes and specifically medical sales resumes. We were talking about the research that people can do, especially when they're moving into a new industry, but even if it's an industry you've been in, just to do that research and really understand, and I love you said this right before we stopped, not just the industry or the company, but that human who is going to hire you and have to answer to why they hired you and really feel comfortable that you're going to make make their life better before they hire you. So tell us what, when someone's starting to do this research, then what do you find are some of those elements that they're often missing when they start to put together their resume?
2: Ooh, great question. So I think when we are starting to do this research, it can be really illuminating because we're learning as much about the opportunities that interest us as we are ourselves. Because I believe that once you start to go down the rabbit hole on anything, you either resonate with that opportunity or you start thinking, I'm not really sure if this is the one for me. So once you start to find those opportunities that feel like a good fit, like you know you'd go home and you'd be calling your wife or husband or friends, like fist bumping in the car and like blaring ACDC if you got it. Those are the ones I encourage everyone to continue researching. And now, when we've got that information, now it's time to start applying it to your resume. And what I find is that, Most of us fall into a couple of categories if we're not writing our resume this way. So if you can, you know, for everyone who's listening, if you can resonate with Mm -hmm. what I'm going to say next, then you know that it might be time to start using a little bit more of your research and specifics to make your resume work a little harder for you. Because God knows we know you work hard enough. So let's make this document like part of the team, right? So- First, a lot of times what happens is we tend to use the same language that we think we should because it's industry appropriate. And the things that I'm talking about are like, um, you know, team builder or market disruptor or, um, you know, uh, executive with 25 years of experience and then with not much more identifier after that.
1: And now you get a lot of results oriented. Oh, (laughs) beyond. I have met all.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Marie, between you and I, I'm sure we have met all the results. Bring me your results oriented. I will help you get specific about that. We've met them all. And here's the thing though, right? I mean, those things are true. I would bet for the people who write, you know, use this language on their resume, Those things are very likely true about you. And so the only challenge is everyone else is saying the same thing. And that's where we get stuck. And that's where we've got to tap into that research so that we can get more specific about our unique value and what challenges we are going to be solving for the next guy, right? person who's hiring us. So I teach a system called the Triple S system. And as you said before, it was after looking at quite literally 16,000 medical sales professionals' resumes. And as with anything else, if you look at that many of anything, patterns are going to start to emerge. And the patterns that emerged for me were that when my candidates were getting picked up out of the pile based off of their resume for the interview, it was because they had three specific things in common. The first one was a well-crafted story that talked about their customer. The second was they had statistics. So they were actually measuring the impact they made at work. And the third would be style. And that's where we leverage a lot of the psychology of human decision-making, From a piece of paper so that people look at your document and suddenly think, oh my gosh, like Marie just gets us, you know, like, man. And whether they know it or not, they are, it's the law of familiarity at work and it's a beautiful thing. So let's start back to that first one though, because typically what I find is people either tend to use the same industry terms that we're all using because we feel like this is what you say in medical sales. You talk about this, that, or the other, and then it's all kind of blending in with everybody else. Or I see resumes often that mention what people want. So it'll be a a short synopsis at the top, and then it will say seeking um, medical sales associate role in oncology. And as long as I've been alive, I have never met a hiring manager who hired anyone because they needed to be hired. And that's what I really want to re-emphasize for everyone. And it's a little bit of tough love, Marie, because do we need to be hired? Do we need to make ends meet? Well, of course we do. But if you think about how you and I buy something, we rarely buy anything because somebody needs us to do it. We will almost always buy something, though, with the underpinning that it either solves our problem or makes our life easier or just makes us really, really happy, right? So I would encourage everyone to take the research that we talked about in the top of this show. That's things like what's happening in the market. What are the quarterly uh, statements from the company say is going to happen next year? And what is the CEO talking about that he wants to start moving toward as the stretch goal for 2025 and start to use those kinds of things as the relatable part of your story? So for our system, the story takes two parts. It's as much of your unique value proposition, which is who are you uniquely as a professional? Maybe you're in sales, yes, but you're not just a results-oriented team player, right? But (laughs) yeah, right. I'm like, well, I know most of you are everyone's results-oriented, right? But what else is unique about you that you bring to business? And Marie, have you also found that this can sometimes be the hardest part of the journey is the introspection piece?
1: Well, and it combines with where I think you're headed next, is it what's unique about you, but then it has to connect with the audience. And so sometimes people will come up with things that are unique about them, but it doesn't fit into the story they want to tell on their resume. Right. And so that's the challenge for a lot of people is, and you just said it very well, what's unique about you in business or what's unique about the way you work or what's unique about your experiences, uh, you know, that maybe not everyone else has the collection of experiences you have, although then you've still got to make sure that those connect to value for your in, end reader, if you will. Right. Well,
2: and, you know, if we're talking about, let's, you know, taking you, for example, Marie. um, you know, you you bring a, um, uh, you bring dozens of uh, skills and certifications and expertise for people, right? But if you were going to position yourself for a certain role, even you wouldn't talk about maybe every single one of those strengths. And that's what I want people to really hear today: is if you aren't sure what you should talk about as far as your unique value proposition. Don't sweat it. Let your target tell you what they need. So just like that, an original example about how do we start a territory? Right. I remember back when I was selling radiology, and we had a uh, an offer where we could do MRIs for five hundred bucks. So anybody in medical right now is like, holy smokes, a five hundred dollar MRI? That is cheap, right? And we were we were really nice, well. Uh, well-known center in Sacramento. And so at first I was promoting my entire bag of tricks and and then suddenly I realized, oh, but there is this specific market over here I want to target. What do they need? Aha, they need MRIs that their patients can pay cash for instead of use insurance, and they're not going to break the bank and they get the treatment and the help that they need. So it's the same way. When you start to do that deep dive research on what's happening with this company and what's really going on in the market, good, bad, or indifferent, it will help you to connect the dots between what problems do they need to solve and what about me makes me ready to solve them and that is your unique value proposition. It doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be like the influencer like um I help this person this way with you know this method for this result. Like you can absolutely use any of those methods, but if you start with the target's needs and challenges, that is the fastest way to identify within yourself what parts of you you need to bring to the table because the truth is for everyone listening, you probably could have an entire novel right now written about the impact you've had in your life and business. So now we want to make sure that not only are we talking about what are we uniquely great at, what do we get complimented on all the time in business that seems not like, like not a big deal to us, it's just something we enjoy doing, even if it's challenging, it's not hard for us, but to other people is an absolute chore. What are those things that are relevant to the challenge you're trying to solve for the company you're targeting? And
1: that's how you do it. Right, right, I love it. All right, we're gonna take another short break and we're gonna come back and we'll finish up talking about this part of the resume. What are some of the other three S's and kind of tie it up with a book? So we'll be right back in just a few minutes here on The Career Confidant.
3: Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
1: And saying what you think needs to be said this is your host molly chang i'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company the more you accept that you're part of the problem the faster you can be part of the solution you'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier healthier and more productive at work and in your life check out sayaskillfully.com for practical resources including my 90-second videos real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. When it
3: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And we've been having fun talking with Claire Davis about the three. Well, we've been talking recently about the three S's on your resume. And you were going through the piece about brand. I forgot what the S was. Story. Story. Yep. Story. <laughs> you would yep. think I'd remember that one. You got storytelling, it. Storytelling, obviously so important, but strategic storytelling, right? Not yeah. just story, story, but strategic storytelling. And then the next S here is statistics. And mm. sometimes people will say, well, this is something only sales people can do. I would challenge that. Maybe we'll go off on that tangent later, but obviously if you're in sales, and I have seen a few sales resumes even that some of my you know new resume writers are doing where there aren't any numbers yeah. yikes right yeah big yikes
2: capital y yikes um and the thing is that often when when we're thinking about our brand and what we're going to bring to a company we have to remember that they are going to read our document and start to really connect the dots for themselves on whether or not we can feasibly solve the challenge that they're hiring for. And the fastest way to do that is to lead with metrics. And I know if anybody is already feeling like palm sweaty because they don't get quarterly numbers or they haven't tracked their wins for a long time, or maybe you're in an industry where things aren't measured in that way for you fear not. Um, There is always something that you can quantify. And the reason it's important is because when you speak with numbers on your document, not only do they stand out because they're not letters. So if you scan a document, the numbers will pop faster than the letters if it's majority letters, but also it gives the person reading an opportunity to dream a little. And what I mean is suddenly I'm a hiring manager and I'm reading, you know, Sally Smith's resume and she talks about how she was able to increase her return customers at her bar and grill through great customer service by 25%. Suddenly I'm thinking, huh, what if I could get my customers to return at 25% and it almost doesn't... It, it almost is like the unsung hero of a resume for that very reason, because we don't consider that the numbers aren't just talking about how amazing we are. The numbers are there to also encourage the person making this very pivotal decision on us to convince them that this makes sense to achieve what they need to achieve and when we speak in quantifiable terms, they can start to feel the impact that we would have on their team. And that's why numbers are so incredibly important. And if you don't have numbers, if you're if you're still like, Claire, nope, I don't have any numbers. I have a free worksheet. you're welcome to download. If you don't, Marie, do you mind if I share it? Yes, please. OK. So if anybody is listening and they're feeling like, Oh, I am completely without metrics and I don't even know where to start. I have a web a um a free worksheet on my website. So it's at tractionresume.com and it's called 50 things you can measure that are not quota. So if you're thinking I don't have a quota to measure, don't worry, I've got you covered 50 ways to Sunday, okay? So go t- download that free resource and it'll prompt you to start thinking about the things that you can actually measure today that are going to matter to someone who's trying to see if you're going to affect their bottom line or not. Okay? So that's statistics and it's really important. Um and behind the scenes I'm going to give you guys one more tip. So when it comes to statistics, I have two little words that are my favorite way to turn any action, any bullet on your resume into a, an impactful result. And Here they are. The two little words are resulting in. So if you look at your resume and you see a bullet and it talks about um, attended uh, sales meetings to learn more about my sales strategy, right? That doesn't really have a metric involved. We're, We're like, yeah, that's great. I'm so glad you attend meetings. We hope it's on time. But at the same time, What's in it for me that you attended those meetings? So if you add the words resulting in to the end of your bullet points, it's going to prompt you to get to the impact. So why did it matter that you went to those sales meetings? Maybe you developed three new partnerships with your colleagues that gave you access to the top 10 academic centers in your region, right? Whatever it is. If you add the words resulting in, you'll be able to now unlock why your activity was important. And that is something that people will absolutely make hiring decisions on. So
1: have you used a version of this, Marie, to get the impact across? Well, so Deb calls it the so what. Right, you did that so what, uh-huh. and you're right what most people have on their their resumes is the actions, and yeah. we've got to dig a little bit more to find the results and I love you know you just said you got access to the top ten academic senators in your region. there's a number right you've got that ten, so it's not a quota, it's not a but it's the scope or it's the count of of um customers mm-hmm. there There are so many ways that you can do that now. I'm sure you tell this to people too, but when you've got the statement and you say resulting in depending on what the result is, flip that puppy and put the result at the beginning. So access the top 10 academic institutions in the region by attending the sales meetings and forming partnerships. Then you've got the wind, the juice at the beginning, and that's gonna make it that much more interesting for people to read, right?
2: Yes, that is such a brilliant um, next step. So if you're, and if anybody also is thinking, Well, am I going to say, am I going to repeat the words resulting in and every single bullet point? Well, no, but this helps you get in the frame of mind you need to be to get a result or metric or a impact statement out of an activity and then do exactly what Maria is sharing, which is get that result. To the front of the line, and then you can kind of massage the rest of the wording as you see fit. But now, instead of just talking about the what we are doing, we're now talking about why the thing we were doing was important. So that's a um, that's such a great addition, Marie. Um, and let me know: Are you ready for me to talk style? Yeah. Okay, so the triple S system, as every if if you're if you've been listening today, it's story, style, and statistics. Um and style is one of my very favorite components. I mean, results, yes, of course. I live and breathe results language. I love it. And of course, your story. We're we're obsessed with with telling professional stories. But style is really important. And the reason is this is where psychology comes to play in the art of behavioral decision-making. So I want you to think about if you are looking at two black and white resumes for a minute and you're trying to make a decision and one is kind of talking about someone's experience in a general sense for a general market. And then you have another, but they're talking about specific experience that you need to bring on the team for companies like yours and also somehow this man or woman is even formatting it in a way that's familiar i just it, uh, that that resume it, they just feel like they they're practically already part of the team that's the hallmark of a good style and i do not mean that this is going to be flashy graphics or you know big loud you know emojis on a resume or a picture or your photo none of that stuff But adding nuances that are familiar to your target are a huge way, a huge trust-building component. And it's not because we're trying to dupe anyone. It's because you're taking the time to write a resume in a way that says, I'm writing this resume to you at Johnson & Johnson because I want you to know that I'm that interested in being your next solution. So, a couple ways you can do this. You can research the company like we talked about at the top today, and you can start to gather little details about okay, what are the what's the language that they're using? What are some of the statements they're making on the website about their mission and their vision and what they believe in, right? So you can use bits and pieces of this language to start to incorporate that with what you resonate with in business. And the second piece is you can go for the feel, right? How are they writing? Am I applying to a company that's kind of like up and coming and modern and, you know, a little bit um bespoke, you know, like not so formal? Mimic that in your story. You know, be professional but get the flavor of what the target is looking like online and saying online so that you're immediately showing them that You're relevant to this very scenario. And then finally, using a little bit of the color. I am a huge fan of color matching or at least getting in the same sort of color family for the targets that you're going after. So because we focus primarily on medical sales and healthcare, we use blues and purples and variations of those because about 86% of healthcare logos are, you guessed it, blue. And so that way, when someone picks up a document and they are reading through it and they're, they're reading the language that feels familiar to them, they're looking at a story where we're sharing not just what we're great at that people love us for, but why it's relevant to their challenge, and it looks and feels and sounds like the company logo and website, look out, Okay. That is an incredible standout resume. So I encourage everyone listening, try the SSS system out. It works great. Um, And it was really, truly developed after going through five layoffs and realizing it was time to start selling me and my story like I would sell a product. You start with
1: research. And then you make everything fit to suit the needs Excellent. Of well, Claire, tell people where they can follow along because I know you share tons of content um, that they can access as well. And you told Traction Resume earlier. Where else might they find, find content?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, so if you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, it is where I live. So please come find me. I'm at Claire M. Davis.
1: And I would love to hear what you thought about today's show. Yay. Well, we're going to take a short break. We'll say goodbye to Claire. So thank you so much, Claire. And we'll be back on the career confidant for our little closing and tying up all the loose ends from today. So we'll, we'll see you right back here on the career confidant.
2: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play finding your frequency podcast on TuneIn
0: A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN.
3: Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Claire Davis about how she is helping people with their sales resumes. But again, I think the insight she shared really fit for everyone. She talked about the 3S system. So helping yourself really understand your audience first. And I guess that's kind of the (laughs) pre-S. The pre-S is really understanding your audience because everything else is going to have that background or not. And really, if you don't have that, all the other pieces could be a lot of work without a lot of results. Um, So get an understanding of that audience. Do both the online research as well as talking to people that work there or have worked there or in the industry as close as you can get to your target companies. So once you do that research, then you're going to dive into your three S's of the stories, those stories that really connect the dots, that show why you are the solution to your audience's problems. And Uh, Claire helps people who are career transitioning, which is uh, even challenging, more challenging perhaps, when you're thinking about those stories and how they align. But that's why we do it. That's really the heart of what we call your personal brand is understanding who you are and then how who you are is going to add value to the places that you go and you are connecting those dots, you're telling that story, that's really your job is to, to do that work. And it shouldn't be um, a negative thing. You know, sometimes people are saying, oh, you know, it's, it's um, maybe in, not authentic, but you're looking for that sweet spot where you are authentically you, you're telling your stories. And you're connecting in the audience's language. So I call it strategic storytelling, strategic authenticity. We've got to get out of our brain that those two things are opposed. They really don't have to be when you look at the big picture of what it is that you want to talk about and what about yourself you want to share it can still be authentic while being strategic. And that's our goal. When we do that and we tell those stories, then we're looking for the so what, the, the statistics, the results and quantifiables, wherever we can find them, whether that's you know number of people, uh, number, number of accounts, sometimes percentages instead of dollar figures. If we can't share those, we might be able to share percentages, You're looking for the numbers that will connect with your audience. And Claire talked about how it just makes you feel like you're a fit when you share share those numbers and it really taps into the emotions of your audience when they can see that you can produce quantifiable results of some sort of some kind. Then they go, oh, that's what I need. And it's true and real because it's specific. And that's how we're going to connect the dots. Now, I'll say that I've been seeing a lot of more talk about using AI to write your resume. And I am a huge proponent of using AI tools like ChatGPT, but probably more so BARD or perplexity because they're connected to the the internet to do your research, to really understand your audience, to maybe even get examples of the types of stories you need to be telling. However, that's where it has to stop. You cannot ask ChatGPT to write your resume for you because it does not know your stories. So it is going to make something up It's going to put in false numbers, fake things, and that can be okay. Again, you can use it as a starting point, but you have to edit it. You have to put in your stories, and it's not gonna be able to do this strategic piece of really understanding what from your background shows that you're the solution to that employer's problems. That you're going to have to do yourself with the aid of the tool to really understand the audience, understand what they might be looking for, but they don't know what you've done. And you can put in your old resume and that can just steer it a little bit. But most of the time, what I find is that people don't have the good content on their old resume either. (laughs) So you're right back into the same place of ChatGPT not being able to know that story about you. Therefore, it's going to make something up. And... You're going to sound like everyone else because everyone else is doing that. And ChatGPT loves to put in those overused phrases that we're just talking about you trying to avoid. And you might end up in a situation where you've got something false on your resume and you remove yourself from an uh, opportunity for a silly reason. Be careful of how you use these tools. Be careful of what prompts you use in general. Just throw out you know, delete the prompt suggestions around, write my resume for me. It just doesn't work. Um, then you get into their the piece around style and showing that you're a fit. And I like to talk about the neuroscience of design, as well as that kind of psychology of, yes, you're a good fit. Do your research. Understand where these people came from, what language they use, what colors might be appropriate or not. Um, usually, one color is what we use on a resume occasionally too. I know there's people who say that it's not necessary. Uh, I would just say they haven't done much research into the neuroscience of design because one color makes things much more appealing, and you don't have to be flashy or loud or, um, you know, it, it's it can be very tasteful to use that one color. And of course, you don't have to use visuals, but if you have sales visuals, they can add a lot of value. You're always, always, always thinking about does this visual add value because it's going to steal the show, and if it's not stealing the show for a good reason, you're in trouble. So you, that style is really understanding the industry, doing the research, getting a variety of opinions, because you'll get a variety of opinions. You want to be able to see what, what else people are talking about. And then more importantly, using that language that your clients, your potential employer is using so that you can make those connections. So those are the pieces that we're really looking for when we talk about uh, the three S's that that she was sharing. Now, she was talking about our storytelling class, which is our Academy Certified Career Storyteller. If you are a resume writer and you want to take it to the next level, that class will uplevel you almost no matter how long you've been writing. We've seen people take that program who've been writing for 30 years and still got a lot out of it because it's the master level type type of class. And then we also have a session, an but just a 90-minute session with Adrian Tom, who is also an ex- executive top-tier resume writer, coming up, um, or if you're listening to this later, it's still available, called Leadership Narratives. And that leadership narratives class is really gonna talk about what stories leaders need to be talking about right now and how you talk about those in a way that doesn't feel fluffy. So we're talking about inclusive leadership, we're talking about innovation, profitability, which of course isn't fluffy anyways. uh, But some of these key things that are, are really important for leaders C-level director, those types of folks right now and how you can tell those stories in a way that feels specific and impactful and not fluffy. So if you're interested in that, search for the Leadership Narrative Session on the Resume Writing Academy website and you'll be able to join us for that either live or recorded. I look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to have some more great guests and we will see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant.
0: Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimenoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.